Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Plug, which your guy X and my co-host Ishmael Sirion. What's up? What's up? I hope everyone out there is having a great Tuesday morning. Of course, if you are tuning in for the first time or a recurring viewer, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel on the Sports Plug, and also we are on Twitch. So if you are on Twitch, please make sure you check us out on the Sports Plug on Twitch. We appreciate all that. All of our family and friends for out here supporting us and helping us reach our destination, which is sports journalism destiny. That's what it is. And it looks like the NFL journey is finally over with. We are finally at the stage that everybody is playing for in the beginning of the season. And that is Super Bowl 55. We finally have the matchup, the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. I know you as a Chiefs fan is very excited about this. Um, I know a lot of people that are not Buccaneer fans are maybe a little surprised of the Buccaneers making it to the Super Bowl in their first year with Tom Brady there. But when you do have the GOAT on your side, and we'll get a little bit into that, it does help. Now, before we get into the conference championship games, we just want to let you guys know what we're talking about right quick. We'll be talking, of course, about the NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers' legacy, and will he move from Green Bay? Is it time to go ahead and stop talking about who is the GOAT? Because is that conversation over with, with what just happened on Sunday? And also the future of the offseason with all these quarterback with the quarterback carousel. It could be very crazy going into the offseason, so we'll just have to wait and see where all these quarterbacks end up. With that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, NFC Conference Championship game, the Buccaneers versus the Packers. Buccaneers won 31-26. The Packers, of course, were favored by 3.5. The over-under was 53, so if you took the over, made you some little money there. Ish, a lot of people are saying that Aaron Rodgers choked. As football players watching that game, how do you feel about what happened and what was seen, or I'm sorry, what was shown on that football field from the first half and the second half of that game? I mean, to be honest, um, it's hard to say that one individual choked because football is the ultimate team game. Uh, if you don't, if all your uh, all eleven people on the field aren't doing their jobs, um, then it's hard to be successful, right? But for the sake of this conversation, yeah, that man choked. Aaron Rodgers, you choked, bro. I mean, you you have nobody to blame or to look at but yourself, sir. Uh, Tom Brady, pretty much. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep it real. As the only person on the panel. Uh, Dooley's not here today, but and, uh, and we're gonna bring him up. We're gonna we're gonna bring him up as the only person that chose the uh, Buccaneers. You know, um, I just oh, wait, feel wrong, like my bad. Wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong, I'm not there. there Y'all did my not bad. choose the Buccaneers. Okay, as the my only bad. person that chose the Buccaneers, um, you know, I started to sweat it a little bit when Tom Brady started to turn into old Tom Brady and throw the picks. I was feeling the heat. I was thinking to myself, like, not again, Tom. Come on, don't do that to us. But then Aaron Rodgers in that um, Green Bay offense couldn't do anything. Six points off of three turnovers from the Buccaneers. That is pitiful, okay? Aaron Rodgers, you have nobody to blame but yourself. I mean, six points off of three turnovers. That is bad. Then if we even want to look at the um, the um, the last drive that Green Bay had where they were uh, eight, um, they were like first and goal, second goal, third and goal, fourth and goal, and it was at the eight-yard line. There was one play in particular where Aaron Rodgers, all that nonsense that we talk about Aaron Rodgers running and his legs and all it that. Was, it was the third down play where he had a little bit of field to the right-hand side of the field where a lot of people felt like he could have ran the ball in and scored a touchdown, and, and but I'm listening. 
let me say this as devil as devil's advocate for Aaron. I'm gonna vouch for Aaron a little bit here. While on that freeze frame, it looks like he has all the time in the world to run there. Let's be honest. Game speed and him running the closing of the defender is it's not necessarily going to be that wide of a hole. Okay, so everybody that's making a big deal about that. You do have to understand that there's a difference between a freeze frame and you making that play and running and the defender closing on you. Right. I understand that. Let's imagine. Let's imagine. Aaron Rodgers getting to the goal line and he get popped one good time. The ball gets fumbled, gets fumbled. Tampa Bay recovers and all of a sudden now we can really blame Aaron Rodgers for okay. instead of throwing the ball, he ran the ball. Okay, but let me say this. I don't care about all that. All that nonsense you just talked about. Now we can really blame him. La 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 la. If you are the best player on the field. If you are our leader, our guy, you are supposed to be in the GOAT conversation. My man, I don't care if they're Jasmine. I don't care if there was 10 full-speed defenders behind him. It's the end of the game. We need to play. The ball is in your hand for a reason. I'd rather you go and try to make that play on third and goal than for you to throw the ball into the ground. So you wanted to see him do some Chad Henney on third down, rush for 21 yards and get it to 14 Chad inches. What? With that Chad what did I do? I'm just saying. I mean, you wanted him to. What I am saying here is I wanted him to be the guy and take take control. He needed to try to make that play. Any time. No, it's not. No, it is not any time. Okay. Henny, we won despite Chad Henny. Okay. I'm tired of you bringing Chad Henny up. Chad Henny was on the bench this uh, past weekend like he should be because everybody knows if Chad Henny would have started that game, we would have. Yeah, still would have won. But continue. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I do feel like Aaron Rodgers should have made that play. I just, I don't think, I don't see it as you being the guy and you chose to try to be like, I know that people will say like, oh, well, LeBron doesn't take the last shot. Sometimes he passes it and his teammate makes it. Whatever. Okay, ultimate team guy. In football, when you got that kind of situation, as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers should have ran that in. He chose not to. We blame Aaron Rodgers. Now, can I say something right quick? Shout out to Sean for tuning in. He says, even if he rushed for three or four yards, which was clear as day, they would have went for it on fourth down as I feel like they should have already. Now, that's what I'm about to speak on as well. I think there was a miscommunication amongst Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because in the post-game conference, that was something that Aaron Rodgers was asked when it comes to the field goal situation. And he said that it was not his decision. I look at it as not just a coaching decision, but that was an unfortunate analytical decision, which for me as a football player, I feel like analytics are messing up football because it's not baseball. A lot of these analytical, smart people try to emulate what happened in Moneyball and baseball and trying to use it in other sports when it comes to basketball with high percentage shots and and um, different things like that when it comes to making sure that you're able to make the amount of points for certain players. And they're trying to do the same thing in football when they said, well, you know what? We can go ahead and get three here. We cut it down to five. Hopefully, we can go ahead and get the ball back due to whatever this down the third. No. The reason why you have a manager in baseball is to manage games and not pull out pitchers in the sixth inning when they they are looking good to go until the eighth inning to get pulled. The same way it goes with this situation. You see what's going on on the field. You know who's across the field. Thomas Brady, right? Don't give him the ball back. I would even argue I would rather go for it on fourth down and make Tom Brady have to drive the field and put him but in a bad situation. I, I 100% no, I 100% agree. Give him the ball driving like I 100 I 100% agree. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like it's a failure on Matt Lafleur because oh, yeah, again, definitely. look, if it's fourth down, you're fourth. You're you're on the three yard line. It, go it, go for it. If you it, don't get it. If you don't get it, like you're saying, you have to make Tom Brady drive all the way down the field to at least kick a field goal to so me, to seal it. Let me say this. Then I blame both of them, okay? Because Aaron should I mean, because it makes it a better, it makes it easier decision if Aaron runs and even gets three to four. I, I'm, I'm boy, I feel you on that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong on that. But what I'm saying is that if I'm Aaron Rodgers, in my mind, I'm thinking this is four down territory. That's all I'm saying. If we are this close, 
Three minutes left to go in the game. This is fourth down territory, down by eight. He don't got the killer. He don't have the killer instinct. Don't do that. Don't got that killer gene, then. Don't do that. Because hey, I would have ran it. I don't care if I was, dude. It could have been Jake the Snake Plumber. It could have been Jay Cutler. It could have been uh, shoot whoever. Okay, it could have been whoever. I would have ran the ball. I don't care. I'm going to try to make the play there because I'm the quarterback. Ball's in my hands. Aaron Rodgers got really – he's got legs, man. Like run the ball, try to juke somebody, do something, high step into the end zone, hurdle somebody. Just do something. Do something other than throw the ball into the ground because it's your fault that my man decided to kick the field goal. If you would have ran – We just thought – Wiesenthal checking out on Twitch. Appreciate you for doing that. It says Aaron should have ran the ball. The Super Bowl is on the line. Fourth quarter, under five minutes left. Get it done or get out. Thank you, Weezy. Thank you. I mean, again, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have, but we all just agreed that we know it might look good on that freeze frame. But if he did decide to run and that defense collapsed in on him, down down the three-yard line, two-yard line, whatever it is, then we tried, then we try and play on. Then we try to play on fourth down. We've seen plays happen near the goal line where we think, oh, this is an automatic touchdown. Because we're on the one-yard line, we're on the two-yard line. Guess what happens? A fumble, a, a botch snap, uh, okay. just something crazy happens to where, because like we talked about, Ish, this is the ultimate team game. Something could happen to where, no, I'm just I'm just saying, it, we've seen it in sports, I mean, we've seen it in football alone where, just because you're on the goal in, in between the 10-yard line doesn't mean you automatically are going to get points. But continue, okay, let though. Continue. This. Let me say this. I think my biggest problem with that is that he was not throwing to a receiver that was in a spot that I would say, like, okay, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm down with that pass, right? Like, the pass wasn't even – it wasn't even a good pass. Like, if you're making – if you pass up running for three to four yards to make a really good pass, a good opportunity to score a touchdown, I'm down for it, Right. But the pass wasn't even there. It wasn't a pass that I think you should throw in that situation. Like, why not run and get some yardage as opposed to making a throw that is a really difficult throw and you don't have a chance of – it's a, a low percentage chance of converting that. Right? Jasmine, Jasmine says, but those possessions with no points hurt us bad. We lost by five, had two turnovers with no points made made from – from them, we lost the game multiple times, and that's oh, yeah. one. And that's and that's. I'm happy that she brought that up because again, real Packer fans, if you actually watch the game, you should know that you you as an as a team. Again, this is not just on Aaron Rodgers. I can't just put it on Aaron Rodgers because with two it. with two seconds left to go, you could have been down fourteen to ten going to halftime. You go down 20, 21 to ten because the de- okay. And again, that's fine. You can do that, but the defense let up. A stupid play that yes, instead of going down. Okay, again, that, I got you, but let me let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You're down by four. Now all of a sudden you're down by eleven going into half. Mm-hmm. Then the first drive that Tom Brady gets, they go on down the field and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You're down twenty eight to ten mm-hmm. in the third quarter. You're and, already and, down by eight. You're down by three possessions, and now and now all Aaron Rodgers can try to do is try to bring you back. The and, interceptions that. Let me finish. The interceptions that Tom Brady gifted mm-hmm. the Packers, the mm-hmm. Packers did not convert and, and try to capitalize on the turnovers that Tom Brady had. I, let me finish what I'm saying. Let me finish what I'm saying. Again, it's not based on just Aaron Rodgers. When he first got that interception back, can we remember the drive? It was a three and out. He got the, he, he got a, he got the uh, turnover back into a three and out because the defensive line was straight in his face. So again, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. You want to convert turnovers into points, but again, if you're starting on your 30 yard line and you get and you use a three and out, it's it's all for naught. Like, damn, it sucks. But like you said, Tom Brady was gifting it seemed like from time to time the Packers an opportunity to come back into the game, which they almost did and almost tied it up. But at the end of the day. Tom Brady did what he what he needed to do to win the game and move on to the next stage, which is the Super Bowl. And it doesn't matter if you like him or you hate him. At the end of the day, Tom Brady got the job done, even if the numbers look ugly. I love Aaron Rodgers. The numbers look great for Aaron Rodgers. But guess what? You didn't win the game, so it doesn't matter anymore. What? I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just, you know, I really hate this. I really hate this situation because... Yes, you are correct. Tom Brady won the game or whatever. Um, but I hate this because, dude, 
he tried to give the Packers the game. Like, he was trying to do everything in his power to give the Packers the game, and the Packers just didn't want it. Look, it we, we, we was texting all season long. It was like, texting in the group chat. We was texting in the group chat like, oh, man, like, could this really be Tom, how Tom Brady goes out this year and Aaron Rodgers is about to come and maybe dethrone him? Man. And I, it I didn't happen. It I thought it was happening because he was just – honestly, those picks, he was just throwing the ball up in the air. And let me just say this. There was another thing that um, I saw consistently from Tom um, on that night that I just – I was kind of concerned about. My man was missing a lot of throws. He was missing them high. Very missing high. high. You missed them high. Yeah. That pass interference, I thought that was a questionable pass interference. You talking about you talking about on on the the, uh, the Buccaneers defender on the on the wires on the I'm sorry on was it the on Packers Lazar defender yeah, on was, the yeah yeah where um no the Packer the Packers defender the wide receiver Buckers, Buccaneers wide receiver my bad my bad yeah, yeah. the game still the game my bad my bad that to me was a bad call even as a defender I thought that was a bad call because and do you want to elaborate on that okay the ball for me I understand the defender came in and made the contact right. But I would argue, even as a defender myself, the ball was so high that even if there's no contact there, that receiver's not making the catch. And it looked like it was a little behind him as well. It looked like it was high and behind slightly. So for you to throw the flag and call a pass interference on a play that really sealed the game for the Buccaneers, I thought that was poor. We should have let them play because it didn't look like it was close enough to say that was a catchable ball. And Tom Brady, I even, as he was – um, as we were getting into the later parts of the game, that was one of the things that I really started honing on. And I was like, man, this man about to throw the game away. Because he constantly, if you go back to a couple drives earlier, they end up having to punt the ball because he misses the ball. Like he missed the receiver high. Like two or three times he missed the receiver high on multiple drives in critical, critical positions. So that ball right there, I was thinking to myself like, oh, they got to let that one go. And then they threw the flag late. So I kind of felt like I, all the people that got their tin hats on saying it was rigged, I can see where you're coming from. Because it did seem a little rigged. Look, it ain't rigged. Okay, but, but second off, I will say I 100% agree on where you're coming from because if you did not, if you're not calling those plays, those those type of grabs and holes all game long, do not call that little crap when it's very that that was a that was a that was the end that was the end of the game when they threw that flag that was the end of the game. If they don't throw that flag, Aaron Rodgers gets a chance to maybe redeem himself. Yep. And I I I, I that was a horrible call for me. I, I, even for you as, as somebody that played DB, you saying that's a horrible call. Again, it's I I got where I get what you're saying, Sean. He said, wasn't it holding? Man was holding his jersey for multiple yards before the ball was even thrown. Damn, tore it off. Was a terrible throw, though. Look, I got you where you're coming from, Lee. But there are multiple pictures that I've seen still still shots of Buccaneers players holding on to the Packers throughout the whole game, and that that was not called. So that is what I'm speaking on. Ish, you know exactly what I'm about to say. Regular season. And postseason are two different types of season. They let things go in the postseason. That was one of those things that I would like to not see called because that sealed the game. It sealed the game. After that penalty, it was over. So it was, for me, I just felt like the Packers did it to themselves. They put themselves in that position to where they should not have, they shouldn't have put themselves in position in the first place because, again, if you go for it on fourth down, if if you don't get it, okay, you're on the three. They're gonna have to. They they can't just air it out, right? You're gonna have to run the ball. So it becomes a different type of play call when you have them backed up that you know that far back into their own goal line. So I just I just think it was it. Aaron Rodgers had to do a lot of soul searching this off season, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show this this comment from Lee right quick, and then I'm gonna also play this clip from Adam Scheffler about. Aaron Rodgers' future with Green Bay. Lee says, oh, hell yeah, they didn't call it all game. It was a clear holding, which should have been called, but the way that the game went with a, with a handful of no calls along with a, with a bad throw, you just got to play on, of course, and that's what sports is about. I 100% agree, Lee. There are calls that, and, we, and we've, taught, we've been taught this since high school, do not leave the game in the ref hands. Do not leave the game in the ref hands. If you want to beat somebody, you better beat them on the field and do not leave the game in the ref hands. 
And I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to play this clip from Adam Scheffler speaking on Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay. Well, if you listen to the call yesterday, he sounded like a guy who was preparing to walk away from Green Bay. Now, it's the, right after the game, Greeny, so it's a highly emotional time. It's a long, trying season for everybody. Everybody's trying to get through it, and clearly Aaron Rodgers, as he himself said, wants to step back and gather some time and take some time to make a decision. But let's just break this down, right? He himself said last week that his future was a beautiful mystery. Those are the words that he used, a beautiful mystery. We know that he was not particularly enthralled with the team's selection of Jordan Love. We know that he's at the point of his career where clearly he's frustrated with these playoff defeats. Now, again, let's get ahead of ourselves. He's under contract to the Green Bay Packers for three more seasons. So they control him for three more seasons. Unless, unless, Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not going to play there anymore. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go rogue here and force my way out of there. And I want to be traded. And I want to be traded, let's just say, to Southern California, where I own a home, 20 minutes from the Rams facility. Or I want to be traded to the Bay Area, where my football career started. Now, I'm not telling you that it goes that way. I'm just telling you that was an unusual press conference. There were a lot of emotions. And he has to take some time and step back and figure out what he wants to do. And people think the Packers control him when, in fact, Aaron Rodgers can flip it rather quickly by basically saying, I'm not going to play there, or I'm not going to play anymore, trade me. That would be his option. I'm not telling he's going to that. I'm just telling you there's a lot of different ways this can go during the course of the offseason, but that was a highly emotional loss, and he, I think, wants to step back, clear his head, and figure out what he wants to do going forward. All right, well, everybody, you heard Shefty, of course, the NFL insider on ESPN, Talking about Aaron Rodgers and his future, because after this game, I said it myself. I really thought Aaron. I really think Aaron Rodgers is done with the Green Bay Packers. Maybe not this year. I think he runs it back one more year, and depending on what and depending on how the season goes for this upcoming after this offseason, offseason and next season. If they do not win a Super Bowl or maybe at least get back to another NFC Conference Championship game, I think we could see Aaron Rodgers in another uniform in 2022. 2020. Yeah, do you want to make sure I do the math right? Yeah, right. 2022. Um, I don't know. Uh, possible. Uh, with all the moves that might happen in this offseason, it, I think it's possible he can move this, uh, this offseason. It depends on how in love they are with Jordan Love. I, I didn't mean to do that, but um, yes, you did. It depends. <laughs> it depends on if they're ready or not to move on. They might be ready to move on. If he's in the building, you know, disgruntled, then maybe you just make that move. You know what I'm saying? I, I think an, another thing is, you know, maybe they are able to get a guy that they think can bridge to jo um, Jordan if they're not uh, really set on him yet. Because, you know, with all the movements happening, you might see a Teddy Bridgewater available. Maybe you go with somebody that's kind of steady in Teddy. Um, I didn't mean to do steady that. Steady in Teddy. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> you might go with somebody like that. Um, who knows? You could see a Kirk Cousins end up moving, depending on some of these other movements. Um, that's the thing about this offseason with quarterbacks right now. You don't know what's going to happen because there's so many moving pieces. And once the dominoes start falling, then the picture will become a little more clear. But as of right now, we just all got to sit back and wait and watch. Get your popcorn ready because it sounds like there's going to be a lot of noise. And the picture that Ish is speaking on, we're going to hit. We're going to talk about this just for a little bit, and we'll, we'll get into the AFC Conference Championship game after this. He's speaking on, and I'll get these banners out of the way right quick. The quarterbacks whose futures are in question moving into the offseason. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, and Big Ben Roethlisberger. So, a lot of quarterbacks up there. There's some, some guys that, you know, a little bit old and... You know, you know, might need to might need the veteran presence on certain teams, and there's some young guns that just want a fresh new start somewhere. So it's gonna be very interesting to see the quarterback carousel in the NFL where everybody goes. 
one quarterback that's not going anywhere anytime soon, Patrick Mahomey. We're probably both quarterbacks. Yeah, let's, let's say both quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomey and Josh, the new kid on the block, Allen. You like that? I know. I like that one. I like that. They played, I think both both teams played a very great game. The Kansas City Chiefs just, of course, played a lot better of a game. And, and of course, won this game by 14, covering the spread and also covering the over. So if you went ahead and cho- chose the over for that game, you want to need some money. Um, I guess with this game is because let's be real. Most people didn't really think the Bills are going to have a chance anyways. Um Winning by 14 might might be a little bit more of a surprise to certain Chiefs fans because we, we were on the pre-show and we all kind of agreed that it would be a closer game, you know, maybe by three, by five, you know, but under a one-score game. Watching this game, what are the takeaways as a Chiefs fan that you saw that you could build on moving for moving into the next two weeks with the Super Bowl? Uh, that we can build on? I mean, the, the the things that I saw that we can build on, our defense steps up and makes plays. Um, a great, great job by the defense. Um, not a lot of people talk about the Chiefs' defense, obviously because of the type of offense that the Chiefs have. Um, but the defense, wow, they played a great game. Tyron Matthew is out there balling. Um, you know, people – I think some people have given him credit, but not everybody has given him credit for, like, what he did after he left Houston and came to Kansas City and just the mentality that he brought to that team – um, just the leadership that he brings to that defense, uh, flying around, making plays. He leads by example. Uh, you know, he is probably one of the um, the ultimate teammates, I would say, in the game, especially on the Chiefs uh, defense. Uh, what's his name? Chris Jones. Wow. If he can do that in the Super Bowl, you know, uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, it's going to be a long, long game. Chris he Jones can- coming for Tom, too. Man, he he was making a lot of plays on the defensive line. Definitely my MVP of the game uh, outside of Tyreek Hill um, because he was just put, bringing the pressure. He was bringing the pressure. Tom Brady's not as mobile as Josh Allen. Um, that was the one thing I was concerned about going into that game was Josh Allen and his mobility. And he did make a couple of plays on, with his feet that I was like, man, you know, I'm happy we didn't play like a Lamar Jackson, although our defensive scheme would have been a little bit different for Lamar. Um, but it definitely would have caused us a little problem because uh, – Josh Allen was able to get out there and make a couple of really big plays with his legs. Uh, but we can build on our defensive line making plays, our defense the, on the back end with Tyron Matthew making plays. And then um, offensively, it is what it is. I mean, everybody knows what the game is. Um, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Tyreek Hill. Really, you got to figure out how to stop. Uh, if you stop Tyreek Hill, how are you going to stop Travis Kelsey? If you stop Travis Kelsey, how are you going to stop Tyreek Hill? We didn't even really have a run game. I was look, I was expecting us to run the ball more, and we really didn't run the ball um, at all. We uh, um, Williams had, what, 13 carries. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only had six carries. Um, so it wasn't like we were tr- really coming out there running the ball. We were just throwing the ball, and they couldn't stop it. Um, I expect it to be a little bit different against Tampa Bay, but I do expect – think that we can build on our passing game to set up that run. Now, the, of course, the biggest story coming out of Kansas City at the moment is the loss of Eric Fisher Man. with the torn Achilles, unfortunately. And I know somebody like Dooley has, has spoken already about the game in the trenches um, moving in the next two weeks. That is something that the matchups you're going to have to watch out for. And, and I don't think it's just the trenches. I, I Like you talked about with the wide receivers, we're going to have to watch on both sides of the ball when it comes to Kansas City wide receivers against Tampa Bay's DBs and, and vice versa because we really could have a very, very classic Super Bowl if everything goes right. If everything is played out the way that we think it's going to get played out, this could be a 30, maybe a 40 point, both teams, last last quarterback to have the ball in their hand to make a play, win this Super Bowl type of type of Super Bowl. And I think everybody wins with that. I also could see it being a 28 to 32 type of game. You know, the defense are going to make some plays. I, I honestly feel like both teams will turn the ball over. I think both of these defenses are, are the temp, temp Bay defense has been solid all year and they've gotten better in the deep in the playoffs. Kansas City has been like this but have gone like this in the play, in the postseason 
And it's not about the numbers. It's about watching what I see on film. You know, like you said, Tyron Matthew, it's something about Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and, and, and Frank Clark, them three boys, you know, they, they, those, those are some, those are, those are what we call not churchyard boys. Those are the guys that you need to have on your team, especially on the defense side of the ball, to bring some energy and, and to bring some, and, and to bring some damn moxie. You know, that's the thing about certain, some, some of these teams, like, in the, and not just in the NFL, in any level, the defense is the one that, that brings the energy. You know, I don't care what anybody says. Us as the offense, yes, we bring energy from scoring touchdowns and all that stuff. But when you're a defense, you're able to crack somebody. You're able to make a big play. That shit translate all throughout the from, the, from the defensive side, the offensive side, even the special teams. So I just feel like with Kansas City, Kansas City not going to go out like, I mean, they're not going to come into Tampa Bay and just give Tom Brady the Lombardi trophy just because they're playing at home. Yeah. But I will say this, though. Kansas City going to have to play lights out and with no no mistakes because they are already coming into this title game already a little limited on what they can do so, because of their line. So let me just say this. Let me say this. Um, I think that the game plan stays the same from what it was in the regular season, and we make Tampa Bay adjust. Um one of the things that I do want to speak about um, that's really big, and uh, Lee, uh, he definitely I'm about to bring it up to him because I said that before the game. I said, if Sammy Watkins comes back against the Bills, be scared. And he, I know he didn't play against the Bills, but they're saying he's going to be ready in two weeks, which the two weeks, I'm just going to speak as a Chiefs fan, we need that because we are banged up. Like the Chiefs are just banged up at this point. And we really need those two weeks to get some people back to be in a really good spot. The Eric Fisher thing really sucks. We're not going to be able to cover for him, but we at least have time to, you know, build a lineup. Our line has been banged up all year. You know, we've lost a lot of people on that line. We've had to shuffle people around. I Kalechi, mean, Kalechi's you know, still Kalechi, out. Who we went to school with, um, he's out. So we made a lot of movements on that line. That line, I'm not as concerned. I'm concerned, but I'm not as concerned because of how Patrick Mahomes played against the Bills. He moved around. He looked all right. He did, he did look good. Toe looked good. It'll really be bothering him. Although I know after you play with Turf Toe, um, man, you're sore for a while. So, again, that two weeks is big. Um, but the thing about the Chiefs offense that I'm excited about going into the Super Bowl is I kind of feel like they're the – passing version of the triple option in the sense that if you know anything about the triple option, one of the things about the triple options is that they give you the same look and then they can run the same play out of that look in multiple ways. Right. If you, if you want a good example, go watch army football, go watch army football. They give you the same look and they run the same play, but it's different in how they execute it. Right. And that's how I feel the chiefs are. The chiefs come out, you game plan, game plan, game plan. You think you got everything down. They'll give you a look, and you're confident that you know what they're going to run. He's going to run a post. He's going to run a post, and all of a sudden he runs a corner. It's something, it's something totally different. And they make these adjustments in the middle of the game that I feel like the Bills did a good job the first two drives, and it looked like, oh, okay, the Bills came in. They're ready to play. And then all of a sudden that offense just changed, and it was just like, Wait, what? How? Shout out, shout out, to, shout out to our boy Casey. He did say that on the pre-show. He said the Bills would go up. And then oh, yeah. Kansas City will come back and, and win the game. So shout out to my boy KC on that one. I definitely expect the Super Bowl to be similar in the way that I think that the Buccaneers may be – they may give them a good run early. But I don't know. We'll have to see how their adjustments go throughout the game and whether or not they can keep up with it. Last time they played, though, we all know what Tyreek Hill did in the first quarter. So You're correct. Um and we we talked about this. We, we talked about regular season performances and postseason performances. Some of them have went the opposite way. Some of them have stayed the same, depending on the matchup. Uh, we can go from Drew Brees against Tom Brady into and then the postseason. We can also go with the uh, Steelers and, and the Browns. You know, there's different situations where I can say, oh well, it's not going to go this way because of the regular season. I understand where you're coming from, but again, though. I'm not expecting Tyreek Hill to have 20 yards in the first quarter. I'm not, I'm not expecting. <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm just. I'm not expecting. But what I I'm know. Saying, but the the thing that people need to understand about that, um, when it comes to game planning, is obviously you're gonna have to make an adjustment to slow him down or stop him, right, and prevent him from doing that. 
the problem that I have and, and that I see that most teams have is in order to make that adjustment, you give up something else. You got to right? give up. Yeah, you have and to. Most of the time, you're giving up Travis Kelsey in the middle. So okay. Like, can, can, I, can I use an example? Because the Bills didn't do this on Sunday, and it pissed me off watching them because – I just feel like they wanted to lose because they weren't doing just the simple things to stop to, to slow down. Not stop, but just slow down this offense. Press them. Everybody. Everybody needs to get pressed. From Kelsey to Hill to what everybody. And I know what you're saying. Oh, if you press them, they're gonna get burnt. I got you. I understand where you're coming from. But that's not necessarily the case. And what I mean by that is you press Tyreek, you have a safety over the top. Then as well with, with uh Travis Kelsey, why do we keep letting Travis Kelsey get free releases? Hey, but that's where the defensive end before you go rush, at least get a chip off of him. That's where Sammy Watkins comes in because I understand. I understand that. Continue Kelsey. And you do that to Hill. Sammy Watkins has next level speed as well. So it's like people last season, they tried that in the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl and Sammy Watkins torch boys that he was out there making plays. That's the problem with this offense that I feel like. I also feel like the Buccaneers kind of have this in their own sense with Mike Evans. And that's what I get at. Godwin and now Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. So, the uh, same. That, look, I look at y'all's offense. The Chiefs offense is kind of like the Buccaneers offense. When it comes to y'all, both y'all have weapons. You're going to have to give up something. If you want to stop Gronk, I mean, sorry. If, if you want to stop Mike Evans, all right, that's fine. Gronk will be wide open in the middle. If you want to stop, if you want to stop Gronk, okay, cool. We'll jump it down Leonard Fournette, let him get for 10 yards. We're going, you know, so that's what I'm saying. On both sides of these ball, on both sides of the, I'm sorry, both teams on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be very fun to watch because what it's really going to come down to is what quarterback is going to make the least amount of mistakes. Yep. That's what it's really going to come down to. Well, be I think more so the defense is it's going to be who who does what they need. Well, to yeah, do. that too. I mean, because the defense, the defense got to cause turnovers. They got to cause stops. You know, so I don't expect mistakes from uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. To be honest, I they're both going to make mistakes. I'm telling you right now, they're going to make mistakes. You can mark it down right here. You're going and also in the pre-show when we do it for Super Bowl, both of them are going to throw interceptions or end or fumble the ball. It's going to happen. Mark it down. I promise you, it's going to happen because again, this is this. If we're talking about the defense the way that we're talking about, let's not act like the Super Bowl, you're just, just not going to turn the ball over or everything's just going to happen perfectly for both of you guys. No, there's somebody's going to turn the ball over and something's going to happen the way it sways the game or it, you know, helps either side. They might, we might have, might see a pick six. We might see a scoop and score. But something's going to happen on the defense side of the ball. And I think it happens more on the Chiefs side. I think it honestly happens more on the Chiefs side than it does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers, for every playoff game so far, they have caused a turnover. So, I mean, again, when it comes to what Tampa Bay is, has been able to do, I, they are not slouches. And, again, they're playing at home. It's not like you're playing in L.A. They're not playing in Houston. You're not playing in – Hey, the one thing I'll say to that, that everybody's making a big deal about about them playing at home. The Chiefs went there earlier in the season, and they played them at home, and they won. So, okay. they know what it's like. All I'm All saying right. is I know it's different. It's a different atmosphere everything. Oh. But they know what it's like to go to Tampa Bay and play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, right? During the season, but continue. They've done it before. It's nothing. It's nothing new. It's just another game. Like, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, it's another game. You go. You out sound like you sound like a professional right now, sir. You, you sound like a professional. Zero zero. And on top of that, let me just say this, dude. They have all the pressure. They're the first. You right. Hosting the Super Bowl in their house, you know, they might have their own locker room. They might be using their own locker room, all that stuff. Dude, go out there and I, if I'm on the Kansas City Chiefs team, if I'm on that coaching staff, if I'm anybody associated with that organization, you know what will really, what really makes me happy about them hosting it in Tampa Bay? I love more than anything. When I was playing, I love more than anything going to somebody's house and ruining their day. It is going fun. in their no, house it and is making fun. them just do make it is there's nothing better than going to somebody's house and ruining their day especially when you teams on homecoming oh i want you to schedule this on homecoming so we can come in there and we can ruin your party i want for you to go home at the end of the night and instead of you being all happy and turning up you're gonna be over there with the liquor and everything in the club and y'all gonna be sitting down all sad face with a jordan crying face and everything no the hell we lose the heart man like, that's what I want. I know the Chiefs are going to be ready. I know Tyron Matthews is going to have them boys hyped up and ready to go. 
that's what ne people need to be talking about because that meant that mental aspect of the game that's going to be big because i feel like if we're really think talking about it the buccaneers have all the pressure now you're hosting the super bowl in your stadium you better win the game you got to win you all right since win. since we're talking a little bit about the super bowl let's go ahead and get right into it right quick we'll spend a couple minutes on this upcoming match of super bowl 55 chiefs versus buccaneers the Chiefs at the moment, and I, and I will agree with you, Ish, when it comes to the Buccaneers do have more of the pressure because they are at home, and they are, you know, they have, I, I just be real, they have the pressure. You have Tom Brady, you have the GOAT, you have, you know, the weapons for it, you have all the, I, if you want to be honest, it is more pressure on Tampa Bay to win this game. But at the moment, Vegas says Kansas City Chiefs are a three-point favorite. And the over-under at the moment is 56.5. Now, we do have, of course, about, what, technically 12 days until, 12, yeah, about 12 days until the Super Bowl. So, the line will change. It could be even uh, by the time the game starts, over-under could could go up or down. It all depends. Usually, that stays about where it is. But with that being said-ish, you say, of course, the pressure's on Tampa Bay and the Chiefs just got to come in there and play their game, which I agree. But if they do go in there and play their game and still get beat, then what do you say on that one? Oh, there's no, there's no, if, if they go in there and they get beat, they go in there and they get beat. That's, that's just what it is. I feel like this is the perfect situation for the Chiefs. And even if it wasn't the Chiefs um, and it was a team that I didn't support, I would say this is the perfect situation for them to go back to back. The reason why I say that is normally you would say – if it was it, like, let's say the Packers have made it right. And it's the Packers and the Chiefs in Tampa Bay. The pressure would have been on the Chiefs because people would have been like, oh, not a lot of teams go back to back. You have the chance to go back to back. So on and so forth. So when's the last time the last team went back to back, though, is um, I can't remember. I got you. I got you. 2003, go 2004, New England Patriots led by some guy named. What's his name? Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, OK, OK. I forgot. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. Was it Drew Bledsoe? Uh, nah, I think oh, okay, okay. But continue, though. I got you. I got you. Um, but what I'm saying is the narrative has been shifted now because it's Tom Brady who led the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl in Tampa, first team in history to host the Super Bowl uh, and, uh, and play in the Super Bowl. So I think the narrative, this is the best time for the Chiefs because all the storylines have switched to Tampa and how they're hosting the Super Bowl. What are they going to do? Is Tampa going to get to use their own locker room? This, that, and the third. Like, we all talking about Tampa being in Tampa. Nobody talking about the Chiefs actually being able to repeat. So while Vegas has the Chiefs as favorites right now, I would say still all the hype in the conversation is about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and how Tom Brady's gone to 10 Super Bowl, so on and so forth. So the Chiefs have it all to play for. Like, go out there, play your game. Just like I said earlier in the season, when you were picking Tampa Bay and I picked the Chiefs, and you were like, well, I think that they're going to be able to stop uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's um, the GOAT versus the kid and everything like that. And what did I say? I said, Andy Reid is going to let Patrick Mahomes come out and slang that rock. Why? Because he understands everybody's going to hype up Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes and people want to see Patrick Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes does. And what did they do? They came out in the first quarter and Andy Reid let him slang that rock. And I expect the same. I expect Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy to come out there and let that offense just fly. Like you've been talking all season about how, Oh, the offense, they only score such and such points. But I again expect Eric Bieniemy and y'all better put a 58 in, put a 58 in. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is expect aggressive play calling. Like, they're going to be aggressive with it. I, I just said it could be a 40 to 40 some game. Oh, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I agree. I think Both teams put a 40 when they want to. Oh, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be like this is going to be one of those Super Bowls where we're going to be like, yeah, this was a good one to watch. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, if everything happens the way that it should happen. It's going to be a classic Super Bowl. It's going to be a really good one. I think it, it has all the makings to be a really good Super Bowl, a good shootout. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully, hopefully the Chiefs are able to be get everybody back healthy and we get a 100%, not 100% because obviously we're missing some people, but as close as to 100% as we can be. And Tampa Bay is able to be as close to 100% as they can be so that we don't have any excuses because I don't want – Anybody to say, like, well, so-and-so didn't play and this and that. Like, nah, let's just 
everybody have your people and let's do what we have to do. I mean, it sounds good, but at the end of the day, is we all know, look, football is football is a game oh, yeah, of, of yeah, nutrition. It's, it's a full it's for a game of nutrition. You gotta play with who you who you play with. We I mean look we remember our playoff game in high school. We had to play with who we had to play with. You know, it's just one of those things at the end of the day, it nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody they don't cares. care about the, that's all yeah, I'm saying. That's, exactly. Hey, we'll see what happens when it comes, but I think it's gonna be a classic game. I think it's gonna be I a agree. lot of offense. It's gonna be high scoring. If I'm a betting person, I'm taking the over on this one. Yes, sir. Um, let's go ahead and get into one of our last topics for today pertaining to this GOAT conversation because for the, for the moment, at the moment, the GOAT probably is and should be Tom Brady. Of course, we have the kid, from what I've uh, learned over the last couple of days, apparently calling a little GOAT, a baby GOAT, is apparently calling them a kid. Mm -hmm. So this is the GOAT versus the kid matchup. I ain't going to lie, I really like that. I think it's kind of cute. So with that being said, with you. At this point in time, right now in 2021, because of what Tom Brady has been able to do with this Tampa Bay team leaving New England, a lot of people thought he was done. Max Kellerman thought he was going to fall off a cliff. You know, all these good things. Is the GOAT conversation over with at this point in time? He doesn't even, if, if Tom, Tom Brady probably doesn't even have to win a Super Bowl. But if he does win another one, is, do we need to seriously stop talking about who's the GOAT? Because people will say it's Joe Montana because he didn't lose in the Super Bowl. He had no interceptions. You know, this, that, and the third. But he's only went to the Super Bowl four times. Tom Brady has been in the league for 20 years. And half of his half of his life, half of his career in the NFL, he's been not to the playoffs. To the Super Bowl. To the Super Is. Do people not understand how hard this is? Half of his career, he's been to the Super Bowl. But continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I think I think because we're in an era where LeBron James was able to make it to so many NBA finals, and then you also have Tom Brady, who's made it to a lot of Super Bowls. People uh, think it's easy. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's been. People aren't taking it as seriously as they should. In the fact that within football, it's so much harder to make it back to the Super Bowl, right? So for Tom Brady to play in 10 Super Bowls, whether or not he cheated, if you think the Patriots been cheating and stuff, I okay, I'm not even here to discuss that. But for him to make it to 10 Super Bowls, um, I think the GOAT conversation has to be over. Like, the man is the GOAT. He, he is the GOAT. He's the, he's the greatest to ever play, the quarterback position. Um, I think it's different when because then you're going to have the people that will say, okay, well, then LeBron's the GOAT because he's been to so many NBA championships. It's different. In basketball, you only got five people on the floor. One person can really impact the game so you much. control the game on both sides of the ball. Than you know a quarterback in the NFL. There's so many other things that happen in the NFL. There's so many different phases of the game that one person is not going to carry a team to championship. They can help to um, lead that team, but they can't carry a team like LeBron can carry the Cavs or carry the Lakers um, or the Heat, whoever you want to look at. Say, so, relax. He can carry the Lakers. Relax. I did, I said that purposefully for you. Carry I know you me. did. Relax. So, Continue. Um, so to me, I just think Tom Brady is definitely the GOAT um, for what he has achieved, what he has done in the NFL. Um, I don't think any quarterback has uh, any quarterback has done it, right? And then on top of that, I don't know that it will be replicated. Uh, right now, we are talking about the kid in Kansas City and what he's doing and um, what he's been able to do so far in his uh, short stint in the NFL. But he still has a long way to go. I mean, this is just, what, his second Super Bowl appearance. Um, he could win it, and then, it, like, yeah, you got two Super Bowls, but then you got to come back again next year or, you know, within the next two years or so. And, I mean, to think of how, mu how much you have to win and how many games you have to play in to play in 10 Super Bowls, like, the toll that it takes on your body – I don't know that even right now how promising Patrick Mahomes looks that I'm going to, if I'm betting on that, that I'm betting that he's going to make 10 Super Bowls. Like that is just too hard to call. So Tom Brady, at the end of the day, he's the GOAT. Let's stop having this conversation. We can talk about who's second place. Now, what I also will throw in there as well, because again, I'm not even really a Tom Brady fan like that, but I do respect greatness. I'm going to, I'm always going to appreciate greatness. And we're always going to, of course, make sure that we tell the story the way that it needs to be told, especially with this gentleman. Let's remember he tore his ACL in 09. So he missed a whole year. 
You know, what happens if you went to Subo then? You know, that'd have been 11 out of, tw out of 20 years. You know, it's so, th you know, there were, there were incident incidents where, you know, they missed, they missed the play. I mean, they don't miss the play. They made the playoffs every year, but I'm saying they, they, you know, they lose a game because of, let's, let's say two years ago with the pick six on, with the, against the Titans or, um, them losing, them losing to, um, God damn, what's the other? Oh, losing to the Colts. Losing to the Colts when they when they when they were going back and forth with Peyton Manning back in the day. We have to be grateful for Peyton Manning. We have to be grateful for some of these other cats that had took Tom Brady out because yeah, yeah, if like they didn't, if yeah, they didn't, on. then man, just seriously, if if we are watching football over the last twenty years, we have to seriously think about Tom Brady has been there all the time, and if it wasn't for Eli Manning twice, Peyton Manning from time to time. Uh, Joe Flacco got him his. Big Ben got a couple of his. Tom Brady could have maybe more than six Super Bowls at this moment. Man, so was, let's just be grateful that he only has six. Yeah, the competition. Let's be, and and that's another thing. One of the things that I think really cemented it for him this year, and where people need to kind of the quarterback run that he went on yeah, that we talked that we talked about before in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl again as the fifth seed. Like, let's be honest, guys. They went on a run and they played some teams with some really good quarterbacks. Like he beat every two. road game. They played all. They played all road games. They've had no home games on the road. So like, if you're looking at this guy's resume, there's just not much in there for me to say. Oh yeah, I know people are gonna say like, oh, you know, some people will say Johnny Unitas. Oh, he's the greatest that ever played. Like, dude. Even with how great Johnny Unitas may have been, even with the, how great, you know, Staubach might have been, um, you know, any of these other older quarterbacks that you want to bring up, they still don't have the resume that this man has. He is playing in a time where I would argue the league is filled with more great quarterbacks. That's because what I was going to get at, too. We were talking about the Hall of Fame in the last episode. Think of the people who are going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame in Tom Brady's era. You got yep. Aaron Rodgers. You got Big Ben. You got Eli. You got Peyton. You got, I mean, we can talk about Philip Rivers being on the bubble. We can talk about Matt Stafford possibly being on the bubble. We can talk about Matt Ryan possibly being on the bubble. Like, those are people that, I'm not saying they're surefire uh, Hall of Famers, but they're in the conversation. People are going to talk about whether or not they should be in there. All of these quarterbacks, Tom Brady went through all of them and went to the Super Bowl 10 times. And then he won as many as he did. So, I I mean, the conversation for me, it, there is no conversation to be had. We, we can say and, that the vision was trash, which it probably has been. But at the end of the day, you got to play your games. You play your games. You play the team. You don't control, well, you know, with you him being with the Patriots, you don't control with the Jets and Miami and, and, and uh, damn, I, remember, I can't remember the other team. Uh, the Bills. The, the Bills. Bills. There we go. My bad. He can't control what they do. The Bills have gotten better, as we see. They try to get their front office, their players together, all that good stuff to make a run and make it seem like they are back. The Bills in the 90s went to four Super Bowls in the 90s. So, again, as Tom Brady, as an individual, he can't control what the rest of the AFC East does. He can't control what the rest of the AFC Conference does. Exactly. I was going to say, even on top of that, if you want to talk about, like, oh, well, he had the weakest division in the AFC he still had to go through some of these other great teams that were in the AFC that you may say like, oh, they, well, they played, you know, in the AFC South back when the AFC South had, you know, pretty competitive uh, teams and Peyton Manning was bringing the Colts out all the time. Dude, they still played the Colts and beat the Colts to get to the Super Bowl most of those times. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to think back to the, even the Steelers. They, they played the Steelers and beat the Steelers. Um, so it's like you may look at some of these other teams that are in these divisions and say like, Oh, they had a tougher division, but at the end of the day, he still has to beat those teams in route to the Super Bowl. So whether or not you don't like his division, I just don't think that argument holds water. Right? Like now I can talk in basketball is different when you talk about the East versus the West, because yes, LeBron has a easier road going through the East to get to the finals and him being in so many finals. I think you kind of look at that differently because you're thinking like, not just your division, your whole conference, like the entire Eastern Conference was terrible. So I don't hold that as high as I would what Tom Brady has achieved in getting to the Super Bowl as many times as he has. Now he's done it once in the NFC, and who knows? 
this may start a run in the NFC. He's he's not saying he's retiring this year. So next year they could be back. The year after that they could be back. I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of messed up memes out there poking fun at Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers when it comes to years combined in the NFC for both of them. Thirty two, only one NFC conference championship game to show for it. Or uh, I'm sorry, two. I'm sorry, one of each. One of each from from all, from both of them, and then one from Tom Brady in just his first year in the NFC. Yeah. You know, so just one of those things where it's like, damn, stay your ass over there on the on the AFC side. He comes up to the <laughs> NFC side yeah. and does yeah. what he does. It's it, it's it's kind of like LeBron going from the East to the West. Yeah. Not trying to compare sports because, like you talked about, ish. When people try to compare sports, oh, so like, oh, well, if Tom Brady's the goal, then it must be LeBron or this that. It's it's not the same thing. Different when I hear people, when I hear people try to compare the sports to each other, you're an idiot. I'm just being honest with you. You sound stupid. Don't do that because. Basketball is a completely different sport from football. Football is a completely different sport from baseball. Baseball is more of a stat-based type of sport than football, or mainly, I think, football is not as stat-based-wise. It's more of performance on the field. A lot of people don't like when I say that, but it is the truth. And basketball is a combination of both. So when you talk to people about certain sports and certain stats and accolades and whatnot, please just be very careful who you talk to because there's a lot of dumb people out here. And if you... I want to talk to some smart people. You can always come to the sports plug and talk to us because that's what we do. That's what we do. So with that being said, would you want to end it today and speak upon the unfortunate year passing of Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and the unfortunate rest of the crew that was on that helicopter crash? Um, a year has gone by very quickly-ish um, from that incident and. I was with my dad on the weekend and him and my grandma was talking about, man, ever since Kobe died, it seemed like everything just went to shit. And when you kind of think about it, I mean, Loki kind of did. And I'm not, I'm not saying Kobe started, Kobe's death started coronavirus. I'm not saying what I'm saying, but when it happened, it just felt like such a, a, a gut wrenching, gut wrenching punch to the stomach when it happened. And, a lot of people didn't know how to process the information we were given and trying to figure out like how to move along. And then, of course, Corona hit and all these other things hit and it made you. It, it made us have to get back into the groove of things. It was like, oh, you can't mourn about this like this. You got to move on. But shout out to all sports from football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I mean, hockey, who, you know, whatever it is. As we see, certain people and athletes have a are able to touch people in different ways besides playing the game, right? And that's what it seemed like Kobe was able to do. And no matter who, you know, no matter the person that played whatever sport, they usually, of course, said the main and the same thing about Kobe, which was he's a great competitor, even better person, and just wanted to be a great father after he got done playing basketball. And, again, I just wanted to say my little two cents on it because, of course, I am a Kobe guy and – and uh and it's just kind of funny because let me let me let me just say this right quick. We all know Kobe's not my father, but even for like my father to tell me, "Damn, I'm sorry about what happened to Kobe." I just want people to understand and realize like I know who my father is, but even my father knew how much like I fucked with Kobe. Like that was my guy. And when it happened, I got, you know, text messages and calls from my family that were just like, you know, damn, I heard what happened. You know, you OK? And, you know, I appreciate that because like it did. T- it took me a little bit, you know, and I ain't gonna lie. I'll say it on I'll say it on live here. I cried, you know, I cried a little bit, you know, it's just one of those things. Where I was just, but here's the thing, though, is I was over here looking at myself like, why in the hell am I crying over somebody I never met before? I ain't never met. He don't know me, you know, none of that stuff. And I had to think to myself, like, it's because. He was able to be that goddamn impactful. Yep. He was that impactful in people's lives, even without having to be in their lives. He was that impactful. So what I learned from that is that, and I'm going to wrap it up, that's how I want to be. Not Kobe Bryant, but I want to be able to be impactful in people's lives to where even if they don't know me or I don't know them, I can find a way to still help them navigate themselves in life. And 
Like I said, I just want to end it on that. And Ish, do you have anything to say before we get up out of here? Hey, just thoughts and prayers to all the families out there. Um, you know, it's a big day for them. Uh, I know it's going to be a hard day for them. So, yeah, definitely just thoughts and prayers to them. And, you know, hopefully they are able to get the comfort that they need in this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of course, like you said, pray. Let's pray for all the families, not just Vanessa Bryant. Let's pray for all the families and with that being said, we're going to leave this 30-second tribute to Kobe Bryant and the rest of the family. With that being said, we'll see you guys next week on the Sports Plug. Where we'll do a very special Pro Bowl episode of the Sports Plug. Yes, we will. Ish. See you guys no, next time. Yes, we are. I won't be there. Yes, you will. I'm boycotting that episode. No, you're not. It's like I'm boycotting the Pro Bowl this no, year. No, you're not. <laughs> see you guys next week. Thank you.